Today is Monday, October the 16th, 2017, and this is the 61st episode of the Marshall Report. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, a look at September and the first half of October in KW Real Estate. KW News you might have missed. Some true facts and predictions about Canadian real estate. A quick trip around the world. A little bungalow for sale. And off to Indonesia. Let's get on with the show. There are links to most of these topics on kwrealestatenews.com. So we got a small bump in listings. On October 3rd, there were 727 homes listed for sale in Kitchener-Waterloo. Yesterday, there were 765. That seems a little lower than it should be this time of year. I should go back and check and see what the historical averages are. I showed 36 homes in September. This is down from the springtime, when one month I showed double that. I think I show on average about 500 homes a year. On a monthly basis, it expands and contracts with the market. I worked with 11 clients in September and was successful with one purchase. Of the homes I showed last month, they ranged in price from the very reasonable $216,000 to the very expensive $1.2 million. As an aside, earlier this year, homes in the middle of the market were getting bid up and up and up, making the top of the market relatively inexpensive. For example, it's unreasonable, to me at least, that a less than 2,000 square foot 20-year-old home in Laurelwood would sell for more than $700,000, where a brand new over 4,000 square foot home in Clare Hills, delivered from the builder, was selling for $1.2 million. Maybe size doesn't matter, or age. Of the 36 homes I showed in September, five are currently still unsold. One expired, two were cancelled, and one received a bully offer. The average over-asking selling price of the homes that I visited with my clients was a little over 4%. The market is very, very busy again. Here's some September statistics. September sales included 285 detached homes. That's down 14%. 105 condominium units were sold, down 19%. Sales also included 38 semi-detached homes, up 22%, and 37 freehold townhouses, up 12%. Prices of single-family homes is about 10% higher than it was a year ago. Lonely Planet thinks we're boring. Kitchener-Waterloo is two cities for the price of one, it says, and it even contains the headquarters of Blackberry. However, neither city is particularly exciting. If it doesn't happen to be Oktoberfest, tourists are advised to speed as quickly as possible through. Come on, are we going to take that? Waterloo's recycling success brings a budget blip to Guelph. 
A budget variance report headed to City Council projects the deficit in that department by the year end of about $360,000, most of that being attributed to a contract to the city to process the region of water loose organic waste. Leaf Collection Loose leaf collection begins on October 23rd and lasts until the week of November 20th to the 24th, weather dependent. Residents should check the schedule and rake the leaves to the curb. Please be aware that the program is weather-dependent and may be delayed or cancelled based on poor conditions. Waterloo Region to Toronto flights start in November. An airline is already flying out of Toronto's Billy Bishop Airport, says it'll be offering an 18-minute flight to Waterloo Region next month. If you're going to do anything tomorrow afternoon, the Chamber of Commerce is holding their annual Business Expo. It's a great chance to see some old friends and maybe meet some new ones. Kitchener is looking for $600,000 for their bike lane wish list. Kitchener has a list of about 15 cycling infrastructure projects who would like to go ahead with. They applied for funding. Kitchener applied for provincial funding for about 600000 worth of projects that range from adding bike lanes to filling gaps in the city's cycling network to installing 100 bike parking spots a year for the next three years. The Ontario Municipal Commuter Cycling Program covers 80% of the costs of building cycling infrastructure and has $42.5 million available for municipalities this year across the province. The second LRT train arrived in Waterloo Region. They're going to start testing it this week. The City of Waterloo introduced a new system allowing parking bylaw officers to scan license plates from their enforcement vehicles. Enforcement officers had previously used what's called the chalk and walk method. The university rankings for 2018 came out last week. UW and Laurier are both in the top 10 for comprehensive universities. And news from Midtown. The city's working on plans to guide growth in areas within a 10-minute walk to LRT stations. Council approved the first plan for downtown in May 2016. Three more plans for walkway, block line, and fairway stations will follow in the next year or two. The Midtown plan covers the area bounded by Waterloo, the Iron Horse Trail, Mount Hope Cemetery, and the CN Rail Line. The area already has what city planners say is a true work-life character. There are 2,650 residents with 3,000 jobs in the boundaries. The Schneider's property in Kitchener was sold to Auburn Developments. Auburn developed the Arrow Lofts and the Barrel Yards projects and plans a very large infill development at the location. The Old American Hotel could be reborn as a six-story condo in downtown Kitchener. The former American Hotel was built in 1862 by Louis Brightup, a leading early industrialist and former mayor of what was then Berlin. It stood at the heart of the city, the so-called Royal Crossroads, the corner of King and Queen Streets. But the glory of the building has faded over the years. Most of its storefronts and two upper floors are empty. The only remaining tenant is the Capers Sports Bar. Canadian real estate should enter a cool-down period later this year. The vibrant pace of growth and activity in the Canadian residential real estate sector is likely to moderate quite a bit in late 2017 as well as in early 2018. 
in large part due to the possibility of higher interest rates, with government policies aimed at chilling demand in major markets. Median income in Canada is over $70,000 now. It's up 10.8% from just over $63,000 in 2005. In Vancouver, sitting in a house can be more lucrative than working. Eye-popping returns coupled with Canada's reputation as a stable sanctuary has made Vancouver a particular magnet for global cash. Vancouver's net worth jumped by 19.4% over the previous year, while Toronto's grew by 17%. Victoria's grew by 15.4% and Calgary's grew by 9%. And Canadians are borrowing against real estate at a faster pace than ever. Canadian real estate prices have soared, and so did borrowing against that value. And finally, the Chinese warn the dangers of buying Canadian real estate, like raccoons and bears. Here's a quote. Canadian homes have basements frequently filled with mosquitoes. Canadian homes also are prone to crows and raccoons stealing food, and some are even threatened by black bears. The top 10 countries for Chinese property buyers in 2017, in order, the U.S., Australia, Thailand, Canada, the U.K., New Zealand, Germany, Japan, Malaysia, and Spain. In Australia, the roads are so boring they have trivia signs to keep drivers alert. In China, private bike share companies give cyclists the option to pick up a bike and leave it wherever they please, rather than return it to an official docking station. The result is thousands of bikes scattered around the city like junk. In Seattle, Amazon now occupies 19% of all office space. That number is expected to rise to 14 million square feet in the next five years. The company has spent over $4 billion on real estate in Seattle over the past two decades. Paris is trying out clothing optional parks. Naturism is very popular in France. And according to Google, Canadians want to know how to fix a toilet, a light bulb, and a door. In Peru, however, most people are curious about how to fix their washing machines. I have a one-of-a-kind property located in the heart of Kitchener-Waterloo for sale. It's a charming little home offering condo-style living without the condo fees. It's a modern open concept main floor, complete with a bright living room, large dining room, an updated kitchen with breakfast bar, a lot of counter space, cupboards, and shelves. The main floor also has an up-to-date bathroom, main floor master bedroom, and a back office computer room. It's perfect for first-time home buyers. It's on Maple Street. And finally, I'm off to Taipei in a couple of weeks and then on to Bali. Taiwan is a special place for me. I lived there in most of the 90s. I landed there in 1989 as a road-weary backpacker and eventually maybe left for good in 2000. I bought my first home in Taiwan. I got married there. Both my kids were born there. I had cars and motor scooters, dogs, and furniture there. I love the place. It's just so fun to be in a completely different culture and society. I love struggling with the language. I love much of the food. Taiwan is a foodie's paradise. Not that I'm a foodie. The weather is usually good, and although I really like hanging around big cities, it's also easy to get into the countryside for hiking and other exploring. And that's what I plan to do.
eat and hike in the mountains and revisit some old haunts. And there aren't many countries in Asia I haven't been to. North Korea, Myanmar, Laos, Pakistan, Bhutan, Indonesia. I'm about to knock Indonesia off that list. I'm not bragging. I just love traveling and living in Asia. There's something about the food and the heat and the culture and the natural beauty of the places. It's friendly people in safe cities. It's warm, wet weather and crowded streets. So I'm off soon. Winter holidays. You gotta like that.